The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, including footwear, apparel, and rucks. Oh, a backpack. Like a backpack, if backpacks were made to last under the toughest conditions in the world. Mm. Everything they make is backed by their Scars Lifetime Guarantee and is tested and proven over and over and over again at GoRuck's events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GoRuck brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GoRuck link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and event registration that you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Hello, Josh. Hello, Hello, listeners. What's up, buddy? Or nothing. I feel like it's been a long time since we recorded the last episode, but it has not, in fact, been a long time. It's been... I feel like we just did it. It's about the same amount of time that it always is. Yeah. I I don't feel that sentiment. Time's funny like that, but uh, we are a Solid 7 podcast. We are a better than average podcast. But just barely... Each week, we like to get together, talk about... Let's take it from the top. Each week, we like to get together. That's what we like to do. And talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us, or these days, maybe concerns us or keeps us up at night. And we invite you to join us. Have we talked about things that actually keep you up at night? No, not Uh yet. I was going to say, I don't know if there's been anything. I don't know if anything has ever kept me up at night. Well, well, I mean, there's... Well, I guess, uh, like, when murderers are... Maybe I've thought like about this, that. Like, like the Scranton Strangler. Scranton Strangler's been up there. We are arguably closer to uh, World War Three than we've been in quite some time. Because right of um, the Ukraine stuff? Uh, yeah, the Ukraine stuff, the Taiwan stuff. It's uh, it's a little dicey. It's a little, a little sketchy. I can say I know nothing of these things that are happening. I just have seen people, other people say things about Ukraine, but I know nothing. Maybe the only, I think the most, I know nothing about the Taiwan thing you said. I think I know that Russia people are like driving things into Ukraine. That's Uh, bad. They've massed now. I mean, it depends. There's varying reports, but they've massed around 190,000 troops on the border with Ukraine now, which is, you know, a lot. So, and there's tanks and missile systems and anti-aircraft weapons and, uh, you know, support infrastructure because when you mass and mobilize an army like that, of course, there's a whole back end to keep them fueled and fed and blah, 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 yakety schmackety. And that's all, that's all been going on. And uh, the whole world's like, hey, Russia's probably going to, uh, you know, invade Ukraine. Why and, uh, Why would, for those who don't know, why Why do we care? So uh, we care uh, because, um, so Ukraine is not a, a NATO ally, um, but uh, Ukraine is surrounded by NATO allies of ours. Uh, and so... 
if things do escalate to war and invasion, and if that happens to trickle over the Ukrainian borders into NATO countries, uh, that's that's a bad deal because we're we're committed to get involved at that point. Uh, and they're not a NATO member, but they were getting pretty NATO friendly. They may or may not have been headed in the direction of, of NATO membership, uh, which is part of why. I mean, it's, it's part of the excuse that Putin uses for uh, wanting to invade Ukraine. He has many, but what it boils down to is he's, he's an old school USSR KGB guy and would love to restore Russia to its uh, former uh, perceived greatness. And Ukraine is a, a former uh, territory of the Soviet Union, and he'd like to have it back. So, you know, back in 2014, uh, while President Obama was in office, they invaded Crimea and like annexed that. I mean, just, you know, just decided, no, we're going to take part of this other country, and that's ours now. Hmm. And everybody sat back and, and did nothing and, and let that happen. And now it looks pretty likely that something similar is going to happen with just uh, all of Ukraine. So. Hmm. It's it's tense. It's a it's a problem. So so we got that going for us. Okay. So and then in, at the same time, Taiwan, which has been so Taiwan, uh, right, is like right off of mainland China. Um, I, I think once upon a time was uh, Chinese territory. I mean, we're talking quite a while ago, and uh, through whatever course of events had had become uh, British territory and. Uh, the British a while back ago, uh, basically, uh, I, I'd have to brush up on it to know the exact details. They didn't quite give them um, like independence, like Britain doesn't still control it. But there was like this agreement with with China where Taiwan would get to govern itself for a minimum of like 100 years. And the hundred, so Taiwan's like this little democracy over there. Oh, and by the way, makes like 80 percent of the world's. Uh, chips, particularly the most advanced ones, uh, computer chips, silicon chips. Mm. Uh, and China's more or less decided that they're, um, they're done with that agreement and uh, want uh, Taiwan back under full uh, Chinese control. But again, so same thing, like I, I don't know all the ins and outs of what all like defensive agreements or anything like that we have with Taiwan. We sell them arms, we, we back them, we back them staying independent and remaining a democracy and uh you know china just keeps pushing and pushing like that they, they've been doing all kinds of of expansive stuff and trying to project more power into uh you know the south china sea over there and there's flying more and more incursions with bombers and fighters into taiwanese airspace and it wouldn't shock me at all if things do pop off in ukraine which is looking more and more likely that tie, that China just decides, you know what? Now's now's a good time for us to go ahead and move on Taiwan. Mm. Mm. So that's that's all supposition on my part. So might not happen, but just you know, wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. Hmm. So, but in the meantime, you know, we're you know everybody the everybody's competing in the Olympics, and we're all friends, and can't we all just get along? Uh, Kira and I, uh, we, we've signed up for Peacock, uh, cause they updated their app a bunch on Apple TV since when they first dropped, because did you ever try Peacock on Apple TV? I didn't, uh, was, before, even before I, it launched, I decided I, I'm done with more streamers. I, I violated that slightly, but not much since then. But like, it's easier when you have both sets of parents, they're also contributing. So like 
to add a $9.99 a month thing when three incomes are tri- tri- contributing to it. It's like, well, actually, it's two. My mother-in-law, I should ask her before this airs because we haven't asked her if she wanted to join. So right now, it's just my mom. But they they have all we all share subscription services. So, but uh, they updated a bunch. It's, it was garbage the first time I launched it. I'm like, I'm not doing this. But then they've updated a bunch. And then I was watching. We were watching some snowboarding stuff the other day, and I was like, this is actually fun to watch. Yeah, I'm gonna say, other than uh, some minor like uh, replay stuff, uh, I haven't watched anything, uh, and that's for twofold reasons. One, just you know who has the time really uh but to just intentional like i'm not pro boycott i'm not mad at anybody else for watching it i'm just i think it's ridiculous uh with everything going on in china these days that they're hosting the olympics uh and so it just it just doesn't interest me to to watch or give that viewership numbers or or any of that stuff but hey if you they were doing really good but they're like if we just had that one more view we would have we would have gone over the edge so you Uh, have that well, were you to do a, a quick Google or a DuckDuckGo search, you'd see it's it's not just my one. Like the numbers are in the tank. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it's too. their lowest numbers ever, but just I just wanted to just nobody's watching your, your yeah. boycott viewer viewership. Yeah. No, it's uh, so. I mean that that gets to be a slippery slope, right? Which like, what can I do? I'm just one, but a lot of ones makes a big number. So yeah. Yeah, I don't so. know. I haven't paid attention to any political stuff. I was just watching some of the game stuff, and it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I did Watched catch curling a, the other night while laying in bed. That was fun. I was gonna say that's one of the few things I've caught. My uh, my mom was up here for a couple of days. We had a couple of dinners we had to attend the last few nights. So she came up to watch the kiddos for us. And when I got home yesterday, she was watching curling, and and I did get sucked into that a little bit. So I guess I have watched just the the smallest amount. But part of what sucked me in is, uh, which unfortunately they didn't medal this year. Uh, but the the U.S. men's curling team was basically just a picture of like raw masculinity. They're just an awesome looking group of uh, of dudes. So I'm like, yeah, good job, guys. Mm. So and then they didn't medal. So there's that. But they looked awesome not meddling. So so here's here's a Jocko go to them. Way to at least look good, US men's curling team. Right. Cheers to you. They probably that's probably why they didn't meddle. If they if they were on the Jocko Go. They probably don't have any were, Wawas out there. Yeah, that's no, there's definitely no Wawas in China. I said that real authoritatively. There might be, who knows? All kinds I would, of people do I would probably there. put some money down that there's not a Wawa in China. Uh, I, I'd like to, it would make me like Wawa even more if they weren't in China. How about that? Yeah. How that's true. about that? So no, uh, again, like you can't, um, you know, if you, if you keep an eye on news at all, which I do, um, like I, you can't help but catch Olympics news. It's still, it's still being reported on, but it seems as though, uh, we've had a pretty dismal Olympics. So, Mm-hmm. Where we're we're normally leading in, in medal counts and whatnot, that does not seem to have been the case. Yeah, so, I just then, I, I think I've seen a lot of reports that China's been cheating. So like when I've been watching, I haven't been necessarily been like, yeah, go USA. Like it's just been like I just been watching just for yeah. the pure fun of watching and not actually being attached to anything. Because I think when we were watching yeah. the snowboarding, there was a couple USA guys, but this one Chinese kid was winning like the whole time. So it wasn't even like worth, but like he had like actual skill. I'm like, I don't think you can cheat that. Yeah. 
1440 spin. So the fact that they can yeah. spin that many times. Remember when Tony Hawk spins 900 and we all freaked out and that broke a record, but then snowboarders are like, that's it. That's all you're doing. Yeah. We're doing like 16 well, over here. It's that concept too, though, uh, of like uh, what a man can do, any man can do. Mm-hmm. Which I think we've probably, we've probably talked about before. Like it took forever. Like they thought it was impossible to break the four minute mile, and then once somebody did it, everyone did like it. several several people did it within the year. So it's like I've even heard Tony Hawk in particular talk about with the nine hundred, like what took him so long to develop and perfect. He's like, kids come to my, you know, whatever. He's got that big skate facility, you know, and they'll learn it in like a day or two. Like these young kids, yeah, it's just uh, whatever. I was in Tilly's a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of mad. Like when um, I was walking back to the clearance section, and they had like where the little boys' clothes are, and I remember being that small and not having cool clothes as an option. And now Tilly's has all those sizes, but like my entire time when I was that size, it was only big people sizes. Now they have little kid sizes to look cool. I'm like, that's not fair. Why can't uh, you guys need to look dumb? You guys need to look dumb no. for a minute. Now I know I know what Tilly's is, but for the listeners, it's like a skate shop kind of place, uh, right, right? Yeah, kind of like no, a Paxson, yeah. yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah, is it is it Paxson at one of the malls up here that has like the uh, like the wakeboarding machine in the store? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know somewhere. where a Paxson is. Actually, I don't know the last time I've been in one because I feel the, like Tilly's has kind of taken over. There's a couple of big malls here in Metro Orlando. There's one that's pretty hoity-toity, which is Mall of Millennia. I don't and like there's that Florida, Ma- Florida Mall, which is just a, a big mall. Uh, and one of them, there's there's like a, a surf shop type, you know, beachy type store. Yeah, there's a Paxson in Florida Mall. Yeah, that might be it. One of them has like a, a wakeboard machine. Like you would ride on like a Caribbean cruise line type deal, like mm. in their store. Neat kind of cool a little gimmicky i'm like i don't know who's who's wearing their board shorts to the mall right, as i say like but you're gonna get wet yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't been to pax in a minute i stop i mean i don't usually shop at tilly's on the reg because they're just it's like you guys don't have anything like that i want to spend that much money on like i'm not trying to spend 30 dollars on a t-shirt that says volcom you know like I, yeah meh. i did get a pair of vans though and they look cool yeah, you know, like the Paxson, that whole thing's never really been my vibe. But I, growing up, I raced BMX for a long time, like really competitively. Like I would say all over the country, mostly southeast, but I, I did travel some beyond that. Uh, you know, raced out in Kentucky, raced up in Ohio, um, did that for, for a long time. And so a lot of like that BMX, like the real BMX, too many things get called BMX now. There used to be a lot more differentiation. So there's a lot of like, freestyle riding and flatlining and stuff now that all gets called bmx and it's not bmx stands for bicycle motocross so the actual bmx with the jumps and the, the dirt and uh whatever so i did that for a long time so but all that to say there's a lot of cultural crossover like the way we dress the music we listen to stuff like that um you know was very like skater culture which of course is similar you know borrows from surfer culture but we almost everybody raced in either uh vans or airwalks and it wasn't so much a style thing as uh, both of them everybody had their preference but they actually just gripped the pedals uh really well for what was available this was before everybody was doing the, the clip in pedals and uh I, thinking about that now i'm like where i don't even know where we went to buy them because that was all like pre-amazon i'm like how did i don't how did we used to buy things i don't even know like i always had vans and airwalks 
I just don't remember ever where I went to buy them. Mm. It might have been at the bigger races, of course, like the nationals and the state races. There's vendors at the track and stuff like that. Maybe we just bought from them. I honestly got I don't, I don't remember where I bought those shoes. Kira used to work at a Tilly's in Colorado. Back in the day. Back in the day. So, but she, she doesn't want to live that Tilly's life anymore, huh? It shockingly probably wouldn't uh, be a good uh, financial decision on our part at this current point in time. Okay. I don't, I don't okay. see her making what she makes now there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, she could be managing Tilly's. She could own Tilly's by now. She had stuck what, with it. What annoys me, I don't know if most, I don't shop for clothing items often, but uh, so when I got those vans, it was funny. This one lady went to the back. She got the vans, brought them back out to me. I tried them on. They fit. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to the register and then the guy was like, who helped you? And I was like, I don't know. And then I said it nicer, but that's how I felt. I'm going to tell you how I felt on the inside. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and then he's like, um, what does she look like? Kira's a much nicer person. So she was like, she was the nice short lady that was over yeah. there. And I'm just like, what does it matter? Can I, whatever. And so then, um, I was nicer. I promised in person. So then he's like, okay, I guess he knew who she, Kira was talking about. So he plugs in her name. And then because they were shoes, I guess a manager had to come inspect something with the shoe. I don't know with the shoes. So then we legit, maybe eight minutes stood there and waited for them because he couldn't get past the next part of the screen until I guess the shoes were checked out. And I guess he didn't have the clearance to look at the shoes. So I swear to God, not exaggerating eight minutes probably is what it felt like. We set, stood there and waited and there was a line growing while we waited for the manager to come. Guess who the manager was that came over the girl that gave me the shoes. She walks over, opens the box, looks at it, closes the box says yeah they're good to go and then walks away she didn't do anything on the computer and i looked at the guy and i was like she was the one that gave me the shoes <laughs> and he was just like and like that i one. could tell he was just doing his job but like right. i could tell in his face he was like yeah i don't i don't know what the point of that was either like i don't i'm just doing what i'm told but it just everyone was like that was dumb that was there was no point for that yeah that's that that model of I can't think of the last time I bought a pair of shoes from like a shoe store, like being in a, a Foot Locker or something. I don't know, but I just bought like, also Nikes at a Foot Locker the other day too. That model seems outdated to me, right? Like in the sense of like, why does a a, a person have to go get the size of shoe I want to try on from somewhere? How about you make back there be out here? And I'll just pull the size I want to try, and I'll try. I'll just I'll try it on. And what I'll do is, if it doesn't theft, fit, is theft the reason why they just don't have all the sizes out? I don't. Or maybe know. appearance. It, it would look. I mean, no. But if you go into some store shoes, like they just have all the boxes, and you're just kind of whatever. But yeah, please like Foot Locker and like Tilly's. They have to go to the back to get your size. You see the display on the wall, but then there's other shoes like the Vans Outlet. All the sizes are just out. But maybe those aren't aren't like nicer shoes at the outlet one version, but maybe at like the foot lockers, they have the nicer versions. Yeah. Someone knows the reason why. Maybe it's just the look. They don't like all you know, these shoes I, out. I always get, I always get to like torn on these thought processes really because of like a singular article I read from art of manliness from, from Brett McKay at art of manliness one time talking about, I can't remember the exact terminology he, he used, but just like how much businesses have shifted work and responsibility 
to customers, right? So you think about it in this sense of like, it used to be you pulled up to a gas station and a service person came out and they pumped your gas. And at the same time, they would like clean your windshield and check your oil and top off your like wiper fluid. That was all just part of the deal and part of the experience. And now none of that happens and we, we pump the gas, right? Or like restaurants where you're ordering, you're carrying the food yourself, you're bussing the table yourself. There's no server. There's no mm. whatever. You go to a grocery store and it's like, we'll gravitate to the self-check at out or like there's nobody serving you or helping you at the bank. Like, well, at this point, it's not even ATMs. Like who actually goes to the bank at this point for any reason? Um you know, but just all this work that used to be part of service that was provided to us that not even like the machines have gotten rid of it. It's just been shifted to us like, oh, we'll do that for you instead. There's no cost savings in it. They're not like, you know, now that I don't have to uh, pay somebody to do that, we can decrease the price. Some. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Price stays the same. Work gets shifted to us. Yeah. So, so I always think about that. I'm like, well, my antisocial tendency is I don't want you to go get the shoes for me. I want to get the shoes and I don't want to have to talk to you. Um, but that, it just seems that in particular just seems like such an inefficient transaction for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, Oh, you went back and got the size I thought I needed. That side doesn't fit. Now I got to wait for you to go back to put that one back, get another size, bring yeah. that back. I'll try that. On. I'm like, I could have been done with this a long time ago yeah. and without wasting your time That's how or I f- mine. I got, um, I bought several new pairs of pants cause I was realizing like I hadn't really updated anything clothing wise, at least professionally. I'm like, I'm still wearing like ripped jeans and like, I look, I still look like you could probably think I was just leaving high school. Maybe if you, if you got, if you, if you thought that. So I was like, I should probably dress more like an adult. So I wanted like some chinos, you know? So I went to the banana repubs cause they were having a sale and I haven't bought pants in a minute. And so I didn't know what size I was. I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know if these pants I'm wearing, is this even the best size? I don't know. So I got the, like, it was that, I felt like that whole process initially was really annoying because it was, let me grab the pair of pants. I walked to the back, waited for the door. It opened, it went in, swapped out pants. Oh, this isn't it. And then you have to take the pants back off, put your pants back on, walk out. She goes, did they fit? Do I keep, do you want them? I'm like, I'll just put them back and I'll just grab the rice. And she goes, no, I'll take them. I'm like, okay. I don't know what you're going to do differently than what I, okay. So I give them to her. I go back, I get a different size, which some people are probably going, just take multiple sizes, which I did that on this trip. Now on the second trip, I was like, I'm going to get two different sizes from the one I just got. But like Jerry Seinfeld has a joke where in these stores, men should just be women too, whatever. We can make two different stores and women have their section. We have our section, but like, can we just walk around like just in our boxers or just in our with no pants on so we can just right there just boom boom nope doesn't fit sweet <laughs> swap out like no problem and it's not a big deal because that's what's happening anyways in the in the dressing room and also why did they close the dressing rooms during covid was it just like because just manpower to like wipe them down i don't know but like was it even like are people spitting in like all the droplets the microscopic droplets that are going everywhere in the dressing rooms are just, I don't know, like man. A, you're going to get the COVID in the shirt, then somebody else is going to put the shirt right. on, and they're going to have the COVID. But then, like, uh, okay, so dressing rooms are closed. I'm going to buy this shirt and these pants, and I'm going to go home, probably where more COVID is, in theory. 
I'm going to put it on here. Oh, they don't fit. I'm going to go right back to your store. Here you go. What are you doing with those? Are they cleaning them? Are they washing them? I bet you they're just take, putting a new tag on it and hanging it right back up. So all you did was prevent your coworker from taking a disinfect wipe, but you made me drive 20 miles total. Right? That's yeah. what happened. All right, I'm that done complaining about clothing. It's almost like um, not all of, of uh, our COVID precautions made the most sense. They were following the science. It's almost like a lot of it uh, was just meant to make people feel better. Not unlike the TSA. Yeah, TSA, I don't know. I think it maybe I could probably count on one hand how many times I've met a happy person at TSA. Almost all the time, I'm like, like I don't know. When I start, I, I told Kira, I want to start this thing. Whenever you walk by someone and they just have like a grumpy face, like they just look like, you know, some dudes just want to like have a I'm hard face, like I'm tough. just want to tell those guys like, hey, man, it's fine. It's, everything's fine. And t- these TSA people are just angry like, hey, it's fine. I get it's hard and I get people suck, but it's fine. You can, you can still smile. It's fine. So we'll well, start trying that. I don't think I'll get good responses. Well, back. no, that's my thing. So many of them are impervious. Um, you know, like uh, obviously we give each other a hard time and I do tend to be a cynic and a grump. Uh, but I think you would acknowledge like I do have some some level of charm and people skill to me. Professionally, it's been one of my superpowers. Like I have a, a good way of getting what I need and negotiating with people and stuff like that. And you get people smiling, you get people laughing, they like you and, and they're more likely to, to kind of do what, what you want or what you need. And they're, they're impervious. They just don't care. There's, there's, there's dead inside. That's painting with a real broad brush. Of course there's exceptions here and there. Yeah. I think people I, are having hard days or whatever, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably, and then it cut to like me walking by someone with a grumpy face. But I feel like I try to think consciously, like, what is my face saying right now? And I try to, like, maybe I'll lift the eyebrows a bit just to show, you know, because sometimes you can get the resting B face. And so you're trying to, like, limit that. So, you you know, like, lift the eyebrows maybe in just a little, little half smile when someone walks by. Also, I love, speaking of, when I'm driving on the road and I see, I might have talked about this before, but, like, when someone, two people are about to walk by each other on the sidewalk and they're strangers, obviously, because they're going in opposite directions. I like watching how people so hard try to not make eye contact with the person that they're about to walk by. And I find that interaction always, because everyone is kind of different in how they do it. And most people, I feel like, don't know how to navigate those moments. Like, I feel like we should have had a class in high school. If you're walking by a stranger, just looking, making eye contact and going, hello, and then just continue going. Like, But it's just funny how people will just suddenly pull out their phone and i mean i do it sometimes when i just like bite just muscle reflex i just reach for my phone if i'm about to walk up to someone and i'll just to avoid that like that like you see them in the distance and then you're getting close and then it's just like do i stare at them this whole way i'm walking do i just look straight like they don't exist so i pull out the phone to avoid just that initial but then when i get within like a decent like you're like right over there like not that far i'll like look up and say hello and then I would go back to the phone. But some people just like act like you're not even there. And I find yeah. that very interesting because it's like we live in a society, people. We can acknowledge other humans. People. Uh, it's funny. I'm going on a I, rant you know, today, man. Look at me. Uh, you know what really grinds you know what, my You know what gears? makes me angry is pant trying on. 
Um, what's the deal with pants? Um, you know, I, I'll, I go out and, and ruck. Not, not, not um, I mean, pretty fairly regularly with, with Mike Redacted. So, you know, unless you're a, a brand new listener, uh, you're familiar with, with Mike. And so it's funny because, I mean, we'll do decent distances. So you cross paths and we're, it, we, we typically meet up in an area where people tend to be very active. It's an area where there's a lot of runners, stuff like that. So you cross paths with, with a lot of people while you're out there. And Mike, like it's, it sounds like too much to say like he's an aggressive greeter because he's not like creepy about it, but he's just like a, like an old timey cowboy. Like if you cross paths, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna acknowledge you and tip his hat, right? So he, he I mean, tips he a just, hat like literally he tips his hat. No, but I mean, oh. he maybe he probably would if he had one on. But I mean, it's just like that that old school, just common courtesy, like yeah. what you said, right? Like we're two human beings crossing paths in, in the real world. Right. I'm going to greet you and blood. say hello. And there, there's actually, not to put a cynical spin on it, but there is there is a concept of um, like situational awareness to that um, where, you know, a lot of times if people are looking to, to do wrong. Yeah, uh, making eye contact can deter they, some things. They don't like to feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the fact just kind of that acknowledging like I've I've seen you can be enough mm-hmm. to kind of deter some of that behavior. That's not what drives it with Mike, but there is some aspect of that. That's to, maybe twenty five percent of my thinking when I do walk by someone, like yeah. thinking like I saw you, buddy. But then it's also it's just we're human. We can say hello and it not be yeah. weird. And I found more like sometimes people just won't even acknowledge you said hello, which I find those people hilarious. It's like. You couldn't even like look up from your phone for a millisecond to acknowledge another human. That's cool. But yeah. then um, it does see, like it is funny because you see the people and it just looks like they're in their own world resting B maybe. But as soon as you go, hello, as you walk by, then suddenly a smile. Oh, hello. Hi. And then like, oh, cool. See you. Well, and see, that's that's the funny thing, though. That's where I was going with Mike. You do get some of that. You do get a lot of that. There's plenty of people that are that are looking to greet you. And especially like if you get off like sidewalks and, and bike paths and, and places like I'm talking about and go like actually hiking. If you're out in the woods, a much higher percentage of the the population that's out in those settings will greet you, ask about your experience. Are you coming out? Are you headed in? Are you staying over? Like there there's for whatever reason, there there tends to be a, a, just a higher percentage of that there. But it's, it's funny being out with Mike because he is so consistent with everybody's going to get greeted and acknowledged just watching the variation and reactions. Like the the number of people who will just like straight up avert their eyes or seem off put by it, like they've been assaulted in some way. Yeah, is just so. I'm like, you're you're the person they're building the metaverse for, aren't you? You that you're the one that's going to enjoy that. Yeah. So so hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else grinds my gears? Slow Dude, what, drivers. What do you think? I mean, it, it, it's going to be slightly old news by the time this episode airs, but it's the, the first time we've recorded since. So uh, what do you think of that Super Bowl? I I was like half watching. I wasn't really in, invested. I mean, obviously neither one. Your, did you, uh, your team, but did you have a, a preference in who won? Like there is, Not really. there is this concept that, you know, a, a concept in sports. Some people adhere to it. Some of them don't, but... Like you should root for your division. You should you should root for the team that beat you, right? Like if you lost to somebody, you want at least be able to say we lost. Well, I lost to the winners, right? Right. Yeah. No, uh, the Rams didn't beat us. Um, 
the forty niners beat us, the Packers, but us as me and the Packers, you know, they they got us good. Um, but the Rams beat the forty ers which I like that, and I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's cool. Um, I like him as a quarterback. Uh, but I think I was kind of rooting Bengals. The party I was at or get together I was at uh, was hosted by a Bengals loving group of people. So I was just kind of by association. I was kind of rooting for Bengals because it was the first one since what '88 since they had been in the Super Bowl to begin with. I don't know. So I was kind of I like that kind of stuff, underdog esque thing. So when they lost at the end, spoiler alert if you didn't know, uh, when they lost at the end, that was. Uh, devastating for them. I did not care either way. Yeah. Shockingly, I I wasn't really invested in in full disclosure. I didn't watch any of the actual gameplay. However, in the lead up to the game, I did see um, a picture of the Bengals quarterback arriving to the game Mm -hmm. and he was dressed utterly ridiculously. And once I saw that, I'm like, Oh, well the Rams need to win because that behavior needs to not be rewarded. I did not see any of that. It was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'd pop right up, but it was a, a pretty ridiculous three-piece suit and an even more ridiculous hat. I'm like, yeah, this 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 shouldn't be this behavior shouldn't be rewarded. It shouldn't be encouraged, and and he needs to lose. You know what? I realized when I did have this thought, and I meant to bring it up. I guess last time we recorded because it was close to the Super Bowl. I did think you're very pro-America. You're very America. How come I, I'm actually surprised you don't like football because it's an like it's America's game, you know? Like, I guess baseball people say yeah. that baseball, but you like baseball, but like, it's yeah, just, I, I find that kind of funny that you prefer soccer more than you would football, and soccer's more like European, other people esque kind of sport, but Amer- football is like America, yeah. It's um, it's it's the down, da- I mean, we've talked about it, it's the downtime, it's that you're gonna sit there for three and a half or four hours and really. The game's only being played for a quarter or even less of that time. Yeah, if you say that. And I'm like, I, I don't. I've never heard anyone else ever say that. Uh, I'm okay with being the only one. Yeah, I don't think I am, but I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Mm. I just you, you put an hour on the clock. Let's stick to something. Let's stick to something close to an hour. I get it. You gotta, you gotta play the down. You, you gotta reset. You gotta whatever. But there's too much of that time. There, there's that argument to be made for baseball too. I'm actually somebody who's a, a pro, proponent. Uh, of put, putting a clock on the pitchers, of only having so much time to reset between. I mean, really, you're putting it on the batters too. What are you in a um, rush to go do? That you need a that, that game to hurry up. I, hey, life's short, man. Memento mori. If I, you know, if I yeah, uh, but if me, I can, but with memento mori, you need to also take it, uh, appreciate the time you're 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 in, like appreciate the moment. So it's like, all right, I'm here to watch this game. Let's 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 enjoy it. Let's make the yeah, most I wanna, of it. I wanna, this could yeah, be the I last wanna, time I watch this game. Yeah, I want to watch the game. I don't want to watch the that's commercial breaks and the, yeah, the commercials. Yeah. Are, there are way too many commercials. I would agree with that. Before I would agree with the maybe like the I mean time the, in between the, plays per se outside of commercials. I don't really care about that. But the the worst is, I mean, you literally just about can't can't give me like I, I it, you'd be hard pressed to get me to go to an NBA game even with free tickets and free parking and stuff at this point. Maybe if it was free well, access to I a even suite, watch an NBA game on TV. So it's um I mean obviously we've got the magic here in the area where we're at and I, I've been to several magic games and the play stoppage is there and then it's like not only do they stop these guys these highly paid professional athletes these supposed physical specimen they they go over not only do they stop playing but they go over and they'll like sit down on on stools I'm like what are we what are we doing here mm. 
what's what's happening? Why why do you need to sit right now? <laughs> um, so it's uh, yeah, basketball does absolutely. I, it's not that I've never watched a football game and enjoyed it. I just would enjoy it much more. Like I've always been a big proponent, whoever it was that was doing that service. And maybe it's on Sunday ticket now. No, it's when a, you can I know just, you're about. it's, uh, it's only the plays. I think game pass or is it? Yeah. Is it game pass? I don't know. It's one of those that you can later. It's literally one hour long, basically. And yeah. You just watch only the plays. And that's my thing that all that content plus like 20 or 30 minutes, I'd be okay. If it took an hour and a half for the game, I'd even give you two hours because you've got a ha- you got a, a halftime break. Okay, yeah. okay, three and a half or four hours unnecessary. Sure, sure. Uh, I felt like the Super Bowl was shy of overtime exceptionally or long. Like I remember, I don't remember ever sitting through Super Bowl going, "This is still going." I felt that one on this one. I was like, "When is this going to yeah. end?" Yeah, no. Uh, luckily, I avoided that feeling by not watching the actual game. Now I did. Uh, I did pull up. Now I could only access it on my phone. Um, because I wasn't gonna pay for for Peacock or anything else to, to, don't to watch cable. cable. I wasn't really invested in, but no, we have no no cable, no satellite. Oh, no. I guess I technically use Adams, uh, who was on last week. I use his his mom. I think has Xfinity, and so for years I've been using her cable login for apps on Apple TV. Yeah, so I I've so, away with it. But I did pull up and watch the uh, the halftime show. Now this will shock no one. Uh, that rap and hip hop aren't exactly my uh, my go to genre of music. That being said, I thought it was a good halftime show, and it seems like it's been real divisive. I I, I don't remember any of the commercials. I barely remember the game, and I didn't. I just we we brought all of our dogs. So yeah, and I was uh, we were trying to get a projector working to like play, but then at the right right before the game started, it stopped working. So. For the first half, basically, I was occupied trying to get the projector working because Pride took over, and I was like, this projector's not going to beat me. It beat me. And so for the first half, I wasn't even paying attention. But then so when halftime happened, I was then I started to eat, and I was just eating wings, and I wasn't even really yeah. paying attention. No, I I, th- I thought it was good. I thought the production value was good. I, I didn't I get what was, was that like a house? Was that like a house in L.A. that they were standing on? Yeah, I, I mean attention. it was. Uh, yeah, I mean my understanding, like the the field cover, which I thought was really cool. It was, it was like they're um, in the sky, right? Well, cool. no, it was like the it was like the the grid of of like L.A. It was like an overview. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, like a Google Maps view. And so, yeah, I think it was not not so much uh, as much houses, but it was that feeling of like. Being in the neighborhood, whatever that's supposed to be, whether it's Compton or, or what out there, uh, right? I think just kind of paying homage to the birthplace of some of this this music and, mm. and whatever. But I, I thought like the performances were were good. I thought the I, I I don't know. I thought it was good. I don't think it was like best ever for me. Still, number one ranked halftime show of all time is Prince. Um, there's been some other good ones, so I don't I don't think it superseded Prince, but I I thought it was good. Some people are like, ah, it was awful and done. I was like, well, are we watching the same thing? But yeah, most of those things, uh, I don't even know if I would care enough to like have a strong opinion either way. Like it, who cares? If you enjoyed it, cool. If you didn't, who cares? Kind of like Psalm yeah, Seven. I, if you like it, rate us. If you don't, mm, shut up. Yeah. No, it's for me though. It's like. Um, I'm not even worried about again. Like you, you could have. There's any number of musical artists that you could have booked that I would personally enjoy the music more. So I look at stuff like that, especially having a background where I, I worked production, like I've done uh, lighting and audio and stuff like that. Like I can, I can appreciate the production value, and you can tell. Like even if it's not your thing, like you can tell the good performance. Yeah. 
And so I thought it was good. And there, there is just whatever. This isn't me condoning like everything he does, everything he says, everything he believes. As a matter of fact, there's, there's plenty of things he said that I find even recently reprehensible, but there is something about Snoop Dogg. The dude just has that X factor mm-hmm. where the dude, he, he just, he's cool. He and he just, doesn't seem like just on appearances alone. Sometimes it's like, he doesn't seem like he would be that guy. But then like when yeah. he starts rapping and doing his thing, you're like, like you want to keep watching. Like you're like, Oh, you're entertaining. Yeah. Some and, people just have yeah. that vibe. And not only does he have it, he's, he's had it for a long time. Very long time. Yeah. Like, I mean, find me a cooler 50 year old or whatever he is now. I'm like, pretty sure he's Snoop's a gamer old. too. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. He like coaches kids football and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so I, again, I, I did like, have, um, an uh, interesting thing that happened to Kuma though. Um, so we have a friend, Oh, Cody, Cody Miranda. They were on the podcast, right? Yeah. So yeah. he yeah, was telling from, me uh, either neither podcast their their dogs like were playing one time i guess in their backyard i'm probably gonna butcher all these details but long story short they when they were playing one of them got like trapped in the other one's collar and was suffocating the other dog and when they came on the scene the cody miranda the one of them was like passed out and like terrifying whatever so um cut to the super bowl i've heard that story from cody miranda cut to the super bowl um, we're all watching the game. We had our dogs there. Uh, and so this other's dog dog's name was Travis. And so Kuma and Travis, they're like almost the same age, like probably weeks apart in age. And so they were playing most of the, the, the game, having fun. They're like besties. All of a sudden in the middle of the game, we just hear this death crying, yelping, screaming coming from both of them. I thought they were fighting at first. Just that I was like, but you guys were just playing for the last two hours. Why are you fighting now? But so then people all run over and it also also sounded painful, like really like it was terrifying sound. So then I run over, I hit the light uh, because it was dark in the room, turned on the light. And then the dogs were both on their like hind legs and their heads were up at each other. And they're like paws are like, they're like trying they're thrashing and, uh, a bunch of people were trying to pull pull them away. And so when I ran over, I'm walking over, whipped out my knife because this is the exact reason why I carried it because I'm like, I'm going to have to slice some collars. Um, so I'm walking over, pull out my knife, and they still weren't being pulled away. So I'm, I, I just assumed, oh, somehow they're stuck in each other's collar. I just immediately thought of Cody Miranda's dog situation. And so when I got to Kuma, dude, there was like blood down her uh, snout, like by her mouth. Uh, there's some blood on Travis's snout as well. Cause I think in their thrashing, their teeth might've been like cutting each other's was my thought. And so, um, Kuma's eyes were like bloodshot red. Like I've never seen like her, all that were white should have been all red. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is terrifying. So I grabbed her collar and I was going, I was about to put my knife, which hindsight shouldn't just run in there with thrashing dogs and a knife, but it was like, they're suffocating and they're obviously in pain because yeah. the yelping yeah. is insane. Breaking breaking up a dog fight or anything that resembles a dog fight is never not messy. Yeah. Like more often than not, <laughs> you're getting bit too. Yeah. And so like I, I grabbed Kuma's collar and I my, my game plan was I'm going to try one time. Like I'm going to grab the collar and try to get the, the back end of the blade against her and just pull up and slice it upward, hopefully. Because hers is like a, it's like a cloth material. Like I think my knife would have sliced it fairly easily um but then if it was gonna be difficult my 
I'm thinking all this literally milliseconds as I'm walking to the dog would be if that plan A didn't work. All right, everyone push the dogs down to the ground, keep them still like as best. There's like five of us right there. So like, let's just force the dogs down. They'll suffocate a second longer so I can at least snap off the collar. But the Lord was shining his face on us this day. As I grabbed her collar to like about to slice it, I just happened to be my hand felt the beginning of the buckle to the clip. And I was like, oh, so I just slowly shimmied up my hand, found the little clip, pressed it, boom, it like released both of them. And then they were fine. So I think Travis was somehow stuck up in Kuma's collar, suffocating her, but then he's also probably in pain in some way because he's like, he's just stuck with her and they did not play with each other for like an hour. Cause that game was super long, but it was absolutely terrifying. So when I hear, when I heard Kuma yelping like that, I was like, Oh my God, my legs felt all weak afterward. And I was like, <sighs> that was terrifying, but dogs are well now. So, and they did not die. That oh. story, mm-hmm. that story far more interesting to me than the Super Bowl. Yeah. I feel like that was the high. I mean, it was this, scary at the moment but it was like at least this is a good story this is more entertaining of a story than the the game itself in my opinion <laughs> but uh but cody was telling me i was texting right after my like, bro the collar thing just happened to kuma and so then he was giving me a recap of he's like yeah just be careful that um you don't see like blood come out her nose a little bit later this is that and i'm like then i'm starting to freak out i'm like wait what um and then he re kind of recapped what happened with his dog um i should pull up the text because the things he was saying was happening to Pepper and Graham were just terrifying. Um, of course, it's not going to pop up quickly. We we should clarify: everyone's fine. No dogs were harmed. In yeah, the all the of this dogs podcast. have been fine. Where is it? iMessage sometimes sucks when you're scrolling up, and then it just skips like mountains of text. But um, I'm not going to find it at a reasonable. You can get yourself one of those uh, Galaxy S22 Ultras. Yeah. Where is it? Now I'm just getting annoyed. Up, oh, up. Oh. Yep. Okay. So he said, um, there's no nose, no blood coming out of her nose tonight. It's normal when that happens because blood vessels pop and eyes are going to be really red also. I was like, yeah, I think ours was maybe 30 seconds total. Uh, and he says, yeah, Graham was way longer, like so close to death, poop everywhere, tongue was purple, nose bleeding and unconscious. And I said, yeah, holy crap, we got nothing to complain about. We're good. Like, let's move on. Pretend I didn't complain to you just now. Um, he said the issue with Graham was Graham rolled two times. So it made the collar that much tighter and the clip wasn't unclipping at all. And it cut off all the air uh, to the dog. And so just I'm like yeah no we uh we did not have it that bad because yeah no one was unconscious and no one's tongue was purple so crazy dude crazy so what what are the takeaways here i mean the obvious one to me and this is just good knife etiquette is to a have a knife uh yep. particularly if you're if you're a man you should be carrying a knife on you at all times you should desire to be useful uh, and to be able to be useful, but it's not just enough to carry a knife. Hey, it should be a quality knife. Don't be carrying some 
piece of crap, yeah. but you should always keep your blades sharp. One, you don't know what you're going to have to cut through, mm-hmm. but also this is counterintuitive, but factually accurate. Sharper blades are safer because you use less force when you're cutting. Ah, true, so the yeah. duller your blade gets, the more force you're using and the more potential you have for like a slip or something like that. Next thing you know, your knife's in your leg instead of whatever it is you were trying to, right. to cut, That's which is problematic. Point. But, but I'm like from a, like a dog owner etiquette, like, where how, does this did this happen because their collars weren't fitted properly? Like, should their collars be tighter? Should the collars be off of them if you aren't walking them? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the what are you supposed to do there? Uh, well, immediately we start looking up um, breakaway collars um, as a solution, and then I thought, hey, how about instead of spending twenty dollars, what if? Hear me now, Kira. What if we took off the collars when she plays with other dogs? And that's what we're going to do for now on is just, but that's so that path, I see, I see where you're headed there, but that path assumes that it would be impossible for her collar to hang up on an inanimate object and for her to twist and wriggle to try to get away and end up putting a twist in it and another twist in it. And now you're way right back where you started. What do you mean? If she's not wearing any collar at all, I'm saying if she's got her collar on, but there's enough, there's enough play in it that it gets hung up on. Uh, uh, I don't know a stick that's sticking out. Oh, you're of saying a, just if she's not even playing with another dog and yeah. something were to happen. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. I don't know. I we probably should have googled it. Like, was her is her collar too loose to begin with? Like, because I feel like you could. I think I've read you put two, if you need to fit two fingers like back to back under right. her collar, and that's enough room you need. I don't know where hers at is now. Every time she sees my mom, my mom likes to loosen it for whatever reason she's like it's too tight but i'm like i think i think it's fine but okay well i feel like i see a lot of dogs now that they have like a harness too instead of the car yeah we don't clip her we have an easy walk harness because she likes to pull so the easy walk it if she does pull like it causes her legs to get pushed into themselves and then it's uncomfortable for them so then they stop pulling so if we were to clip like a leash to her collar she just pulls and she doesn't realize, oh, I'm being choked. But if I stop pulling, I can breathe. She doesn't matter how many times we've tried it. She has not learned that lesson. So the easy walk is what we do. So we have her collar, that little easy walk harness, and then the, the lead is attached to the to her chest where the easy walk clips. So we usually take off the easy walk harness when we are out. Like, if, okay, we went to the dog park. We're just unclipping it. And then she just runs around. But... I don't know what I, I we didn't Google anything like how to prevent this from ever happening again, but I don't know what the solution is. Should it just be a tighter collar or would you want a looser collar? So then it's not yeah. likely to get as tight quick as quickly. Right. Well, and the reality too is not everything has a solve. Sometimes crap happens. Right. And that's, it's just Murphy. So yeah. we're just gonna, just gonna have to deal with it, you know? So, well, it's not like the uh, the Super Bowl didn't have any redeeming qualities. In that, it did have a new Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness promo in it with freaking Patrick Stewart as and the voiceover. It was fire, and well, not as the voiceover, but you do hear his voice. Oh yeah, Patrick, that's what I meant. yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart. Many people will know him as Captain Jean Luc Picard. Uh, bomb Star Trek captain, but you you comic book fans, you comic book movie fans, uh, 
know him as Professor Xavier. Yeah. That's a that's it just hearing his voice in that. Mm-hmm. You have to assume especially since the whole point of this movie is multiverse. Like he's not just playing some other rando Marvel character. That's he has to straight be Professor up X. Yeah. Charles Xavier from the X-Men movies in the MCU. Uh what Adam was talking about last week though about uh that I didn't read that post he sent with the email with Kevin Feige saying he thought it Kevin Feige thought it was dumb that they rebooted Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Like they should just kept it. And he's really against reboots as, as a whole. And so if you think about it, like they, I wonder if they're going to even reboot the quote unquote reboot X-Men at all. Like I bet you they're they're just going to try and use all the same people. Like maybe, well, I mean the, the nerd dream here. I mean the, the, the pinnacle of all this is that, Hugh Jackman appears as Wolverine yeah. in the MCU. That's all any of us really want. Right. Like, 100. who cares about any of the rest of it? And he was um, just, just tired of the diet and, like, the insane working out was, was I think, was one of the main reasons why Hugh Jackman yeah. wanted out. Dude, he was so ripped for that role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just had to be on all all the steroids. I need to, I want to watch Logan again. That movie was so good. Uh, but it's it's cool that that voice was there. It's going to be cool to see how it plays off. I did see somebody's hot take of like Spider-Man No Way Home. No, we're not going to spend a whole nother block of time on that. We've done it. Um, but the crossover in Spider-Way, Spider-Man No Way Home officially makes Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 the first movie in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Technically, yeah. So then the, the joke then was like Wolverine or somebody saying, you know, hold my beer oh, because yeah, funny, yeah. if Xavier appears here, then the X-Men movies are the first movies in the MCU. Right. Yeah. Cause it was X one and I think X two and then Spider-Man one came out before yeah. maybe the third one or something like that or after the second so, Now, if we see a preview and we hear Christian Bale's Batman voice, then things get really weird. Yeah. We're we like, got hold really, on. Then we got real problems. I think it would be cool to see Christian Bale play like a villain or something in the MCU. That would be interesting. Yeah, he would make a good villain. But I would want him to talk with his English accent and not an American accent. Yeah. I wish I could I wish I could just see how do they do that? Like how do how do we sound like cuz we can hear an English accent and go, "Jolly, oh, that makes sense." That was Australian. That was Korg right there. I didn't even go English. <laughs> Anyways. So uh how they can even just start talking like howdy y'all like they don't even go there yeah. but they just sound like regular english yeah i don't i feel like we've talked about it before where a lot of times like that's what's so impressive about people like hugh laurie who played house right uh and tom holland and andrew garfield where they don't cover their accent like it's gone they do an american accent yeah uh where if you go and watch like black hawk down um, you know, like uh, Eric Bana, right? Like he's got a Southern-ish accent, and um, oh, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor kind of kind of covers his. So they cover an accent with an accent, which I think it's. Uh, I don't know how easy it is, but I think it's easier to cover like a British accent with a with a Southern accent. But they've just got it down. I was actually listening to Tom Holland, like a clip of Tom Holland, that they talk about how sometimes he'll forget, like in interviews and stuff, and he'll just start talking in his American accent. <laughs> like, no, you're not right. You're not Peter Parker right now. We're interviewing Tom Holland. Who's from, you know, wherever in, he's, he's from in England. I don't know if he's from one of the London suburbs or what, but 
What so. is that one show? Not Piers Morgan. Who's the Who's that one English Graham? Graham Norton? Graham what? Norton. Yeah, he, there's always a lot of good clips coming off that show. Dude, I've never watched a full episode, but yeah, I always see the clips. I'm like, this show seems so good. Yeah, maybe we're just seeing the best of it. Oh, true. But particularly these days, it does seem like it's more entertaining than what our late night shows have become. Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems a little more like conversational, free flowing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like I again. I, you're, I'm the same way. I've never seen a, a full episode, so I don't know if he does. I don't know where to watch format. it if I wanted to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he. I'm sure we could find full episodes on YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, surely you can stream it somewhere, but I, so I don't know if he like comes out in monologues or what. But it just seems like there's more guest interaction, and they're pretty. Everybody seems pretty, pretty laid back and whatever. So yeah. But yeah, I, you do see a, a lot of Tom Holland, Tom Holland's, some of his best clips are from that show, the Graham Norton show. What was it called? So, what did you say? I don't know. Oh, I thought you said what the name at one point. What is it called? Is it Graham? I think it's just the Graham Norton show. Graham show Brit BBC. There we go. What are you called? The Graham Norton show. I so feel like we, everything's BBC. Like, do they only have one channel over there? What's if, if if you're a listener and you're British, what's the deal? They've done twenty nine seasons. Looky there. Yeah, like because everything English seems just to be BBC. Yeah, is that is that, is that the like, only do show? Do you guys have a Fox and ABC and a, or is just everything BBC? Yeah, what's going on over there? Somebody break it down for us. I also hate that it is called BBC because. When I talk about work things and I say BCC, I always end up saying BBC instead of yeah. BCC. So. so it's like the uh, the Ted Lasso joke, you know how many how many countries are in this country? Somebody explain how British oh, television yeah. works to us, please. I'd like to know. So that was a good lull right there. It was. It, I don't know what it was on your part. I had something. To, I had something good to segue into, and I, I totally, totally blipped on it because you know professional podcasters. That's <laughs> just barely. Uh, I guess we can always uh, go in and and edit it out, and we'll leave it. Yeah, there's no, there's no fun in that. So, but I'm excited about that. I oh, that's what it was like. Um, Speaking of Tom Holland and his American accent, like reviews of Uncharted, not good. Really? Is it out? Yeah. I don't know if it's out or if it's just been screened for for critics. Now, there's plenty of times when it's like the critics hate on something and all the fans love it. So, And that's definitely entirely oh, possible out. here. Yeah, it came, I guess it came out. Oh, yeah. February 18th came out today. There you go. Day of recording. Opening day. But everything I have seen, not not great so far. But it made me think wow, of it. Thirty nine on Rotten Tomatoes as of this recording. Hey. Six point seven on IMDb, forty seven percent on Media Critic. Here, I mean, the thing—it's just—it's just tough to adapt but video games to the movies. The audience score is eighty seven. So I like to well, go with the audience bad. score more so. I mean, than that's the, a solid B. Yeah. So it's probably like turn your brain off a little bit, kind of movie. You'll you'll just enjoy it. Maybe this is a good Netflix movie. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody thinks this is going to win any any Oscars or, or whatever, any other awards movies just seems like win. They, they picked a but weird look, cast, and it seems like yeah. I've seen more people going, why did they pick these guys for this movie when clearly there's a bunch of other people, which we talked about last week, who we think yeah. would have been better. But 
That's but so there, <laughs> there it, like obviously we were already talking Tom Holland, but what actually made me think about it is I think it was on Graham Norton. He was sharing a story of um, Mark Wahlberg gave him one of those like compression massage guns, which there's several different brands of now. And I mm. actually think he's like Theragun, I think is the big one, but there's one that I'm pretty sure Mark Wahlberg is like repping at this point. Mm hmm. But like Tom Holland didn't really understand what it was or what the gift was in his take on the whole scenario. He thought he was uh, gifting him what we'll refer to as uh, an adult massager. Oh, okay. And he definitely thought that Mark Wahlberg was hitting on him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. He, he does, he does the story more justice than I do. So, you know, go look at it go look it up if you need a laugh, but so he does strike me as a bit of a like I don't mean this in in a knock like I don't I don't think he's an airhead but he does seem like a there's a, a bit of naivety to him that makes him fun and likable. Yeah, I hope I hope him and Zendaya make it because I feel like they seem like a cute little couple. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I try to make a concerted effort not to get involved in or uh, you know whatever uh, invested in the love lives of. People that don't Famous matter people. to your personal life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, speaking of uh, love lives that we don't care about, Aaron Rodgers and Homegirl broke up. But I feel like it was kind of rumors were going around that they've been broken up for several months. Who who knows? The man's a mystery. It's hard to yeah. say. I think you should go back they to were, Olivia Munn. She was my favorite of. They were like engaged though, right? They were like, engaged. They weren't yeah, just after together. Like, no time being together. They got engaged. Who was, she was from a movie series or two. Like she started a movie series. Divergent, or two, right? wasn't it? Okay. It may, yeah, and then the fault in my stars. I think she had like cancer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she she's kind of like uh, very. She seems very kind of hippie cuckoo, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, it tends to, it seems to be a cultural condition there in the old old Hollywood. Yeah. So. But she's like, Who I think knows? she's like legit anti-vax. I think. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. Like when Aaron had all of his controversies, she was like full support. But I think she is actual anti-vax. But don't quote me. Thought I read yeah. that. Unless people were just calling her anti-vax and she might not be actually. Because like, Aaron's even himself like, I'm not anti-vax. I'm just, this one is interesting. It's, uh. Yeah, I mean the important takeaway here is is that he's he's back on the market. Yeah, so, uh, so you gonna Becca, shoot your shot or Doctor Rebecca Stringarity <laughs> has a chance. Like she that was actually, yeah, that was actually where I, I mean it was probably already on your radar, but that's why I heard about it first. Is she she fires off a little group text to us? She's like, I'm so so you're saying there's a chance? Yep. So, shoot your shot, kid. Yeah, like hey, maybe he's looking to to move away from brunettes. It hasn't been working out too well for him. Yeah. So maybe he needs a a nice a nice blonde Pennsylvania gal. Yeah. I mean that's what he's missing in his life. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> just invite me to the wedding. I'd like to meet him at least once, maybe. Just to say hi and then and then I'll leave. What would what are you gonna what are you gonna, what are you gonna say to him? I exactly. I just wanna go, hey man, and then and that'd be it. And then he'd probably stare at me awkwardly and then be like, All right. Cause the, what am I going to say? Like that was a, so that was a cool game the other day when you, when you, when you played that game, you threw that, you just, that one pass. Yeah, man, nasty. And like Chris, when, Chris Farley, him. when, when Pat McAfee interviews him, like 
like the dude obviously he can remember plays from like you you tell him remember that game you played in 2009 and he'll go oh yeah it was second down and it was second and 24 and i threw the pass over here but i was checking and i was like okay you just remembered every single play in your brain because if you think about it, he does nothing but watch yeah th- those films back but like i i wouldn't be able to hold a conversation yeah. as much as i'd probably want to be like yeah i remember that one time you threw that hill mary in detroit that was cool i don't I don't know anything outside of just watching it, but uh, that was some fun. people's brains just work crazy like that, though. Like to hear Joe Rogan recap UFC fights, like mm-hmm. it, it seems like he remembers all of them that he's ever watched, almost blow for blow. I mean, it's it's savant like. It's like Rain Man counting toothpicks. Yeah. So I don't know if we get canceled now for mentioning Joe Rogan again, but I mean. I think I'm getting tired of seeing all the Joe Rogan hate, and I'm tired of seeing all the things about Ottawa. I think I'm. I don't. One, I don't even really understand what's happening in Ottawa, and I haven't cared enough to really look it up because it's just been. I think that's all I've been seeing on my feeds is something with truckers in Ottawa, and I'm like, I don't. I don't even understand based off these headlines, so I'm not going to look into it anymore. And then Joe Rogan getting constantly. Okay, canceled. but for real, Canada has gone cuckoo for that's all i'm getting the vibe of it's like canada's shtick for the longest time was like hey we're outdoorsy we're overly polite and we're funny that's what we do you couldn't you couldn't dislike canadians or canada i mean they're just you couldn't i mean i Mm -hmm. I suppose you could but like you're the you're wrong in that scenario and so i mean like things have gone like just full-blown crazy authoritarian up there i mean they were like literally today as as we record we're recording on the 18th right now like they had mount like horse you know cops on horseback like mounted police like pushing through a crowd like people got trampled yeah i saw that so i've seen even before we started recording there's reports that i haven't seen verified and so it will be very clear by time that this airs on monday but it's it seems like one of them may have even died like over what like these so the 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 deal and and again like you like i i'm i've maybe follow it a little more but i it's you know (laughs) nobody has the time or the bandwidth to keep up with the you know the minute by minute crises that are in the news these days but basic deal is um like they've been pretty draconian with like trying to force actual like vaccine mandates uh, up in canada and we're telling truckers truckers who ride around in these vehicles by themselves like you've got to be vaccinated to work mm-hmm. so uh you know the trucker protest has basically been like good luck running your economy and your world without us like no this like you don't have the authority to tell us we have to agree with them or not like the the take is like you don't have you don't have the right, you don't have the authority to force us to take this thing. And so they've been protesting that. They they haven't been violent. They haven't been. Now, they, they've been inconvenient, right? Like it's been, you know, there's been roads that have been been blocked and it's, you know, and there's obviously goods that aren't being transported, uh, right? Because the trucks are, are at these protests, but they have been peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like... Trudeau up there has just decided no this is so they've they froze people's uh, bank accounts or something too oh yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's 
Bro, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. There was like a, a big GoFundMe or like a big fundraiser. And not only did they freeze that, but then the donor list got hacked. And now then that's been being published. Um, and so people like they're freezing accounts of people who donated to that. There's been death threats for people who donated to that. Like this lady who owns a bakery who gave like 250 bucks to support this protest. Uh, it's it's insane. I'm like, how is this? How is this Canada? Right, yeah, but it's nuts. these, it's these, it's these tiny tyrants, right? It's these, it's these bureaucrats, it's these authoritarians, it's the, you know, it's the nanny state, it's the oh, you you don't know what's good for you, we know what's what's good for you. It's like, where do you, where is it you think you derive this authority from? Like, where where is it you think you're getting this power from? Yeah, because you know there there's there are you know there's there's regimes and there's there's different thoughts of of uh, political systems and power in the world and, and things like communism and Marxism. But, uh, you know, in, in most, uh, you know, for first world thinking countries, right? Like the one thing you can get people to agree with is like, Hey, where does a, a just, a, a, a just, not an unjust, not, not a tyrant, not a dictatorship. Where does a just government derive its power from? You, you, you'll get most people to agree that it's in the people. Well, like, I, I, where is it? Where is the power in the people to force someone to take a medicine or a treatment that they don't want to take? And mm-hmm. if it's not in the people, then how can they give it to the government? And the answer is they can't. Right? Zero times any number is still zero. So, it, dude, it's it, and like we're on this precipice of like lots and lots of countries, um, states in the U.S. now countries are just are dropping their COVID precautions. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the, the, the numbers from this wave have fallen off a cliff. There's high percentages of vaccinations. There's high percentages of natural immunity. There seems to be decreasing virility in the strains that we're seeing in circulation. Like it seems like we're moving to where this from pandemic to endemic, like this is like the flu, like other colds, this is a disease that's out there and some people are going to catch it. And everyone's sometimes it's going to be a really bad outcome, but by and large not, that would be the exception and not the rule. And so you're at a point in this thing where most people are, are, are dropping the precautions and the mitigations, but no, like this is, this is when Canada is going to, going to crack down Justin Trudeau's they're they're going to enact emergency powers and literally start cracking skulls. Like, what are you doing? It's yeah, dumb. Isn't there like a, a meme or something that's like, something you might know how it's worded better. I'm going to butcher it, but it's like along the lines of like, all throughout history, the people that sided with the government were usually on the wrong side or something along those lines. Or if you look at history, every, the the superpower was always the bad guy. And now, right now, we're every, it's like the government is like, you need to listen to the government. The government's going to tell you what to do. And like what you were saying, like the government doesn't, they, why are they telling us what they think is best for us? And like, look at every movie and every like, story the the big government's always been the bad guy but now we're told that you have to listen to the to papa government and they know what's right. best for you well i mean that's the i mean you do want to have some level of of trust in your and your to the extent that government is necessary you do want to have trust in your government institutions um right but you should also be skeptical of them and and that to me that trust should only extend so far as they're operating in their intended parameters Right. And so, you know, I, I don't know what exact quote you're 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 alluding to there, but it is like the the lesson of the uh, American Revolution. Right. It is this concept that um, government is a necessary evil. 
right? So it's like government's not great, but you've got to have some government, right? So how much how much government is the right amount of government? And we actually in in America got it wrong at first. Like we started, you know, post uh, revolution, we started with the Articles of Confederation, and it was too loose. It wasn't enough government, right? And so, like the the sweet spot is you want just enough government to guarantee your rights, um, you know, enough power to guarantee your rights, but not enough power to trample them. That's that's mm-hmm. it, right? And so that's the whole point of the Constitution. That's why we have the Constitution. That's why we had the Bill of Rights. Is the, the Constitution isn't designed to restrict the people and the populace. It's designed to restrict the government, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's why, you know, like overstepping those bounds and this idea of it being a, a living document and we can change how we read it over time. Like, no, there's a method to amend it if you want to change it, but just deciding, oh, well, we think it means this when when no is really, really problematic, right? Because it's, it's like, I, I think this might be falsely attributed to Washington, but you'll hear this attributed to Washington. It might be real. I'd have to double check of describing government as like a fire, right? That it can be useful if it's contained, but if it grows out of control, it will con- mm. consume you, right? And you just see this beast grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, so the idea was, okay, like we think we figured out the formula, um, for just the right amount of government, that that just enough to protect our rights, not enough power to trample it, then the idea of the Constitution was, okay, now we're going to chain it down. We're going to lock it down and contain it so that it can't get any bigger. And that worked for a while, but then it's uh, just a, a, a little change and a little compromise and a little tweak and more and more and more, and it's it's just almost hardly recognizable. Obviously, you know, that's those are concepts that apply, uh, you know, more here. But, you know, our, our constitution's based on, yes, Judeo, not a Christian country, but uh, the concepts are based in Judeo-Christianity, uh, Christian beliefs and values, but then also Western values. I mean, going back to to Rome and Greece. And so you do see common concepts, uh, you know, in, in the rest of, of Western culture. So there, you know. There is kind of these shared ideas of, of common law and, and individual sovereignty and, and stuff like that that you used to see or should see in these other uh, Western countries. And man, just, uh, you know, I, my, my hope is that, um, you know, kind of like kind of seeing some of the more horrific images of the, of the civil rights movement where you see these, these peaceful protesters uh, protesting for for their God given and constitutionally guaranteed rights, um, you know, and they're being hit with batons and they're having dogs sicked on them and they're having water cannons turned on them, mm-hmm. and those things are horrible and they they shouldn't have happened and they shouldn't have been necessary. But um, you know that they did happen. Those those images were so shocking that it's you know you see the meme going around a lot now, and I don't know what movie or show it's from. But it's the heavyset guy in Nazi garb saying, are we the baddies? And it's this guy, again, I don't know if it's from Inglorious Bastards or what movie it's from or whatever, but it's it's this guy where he's just having this, you know, he's a Nazi, but he's having this human conscious moment of realizing, hey, maybe we're on the wrong wrong side of this thing. Like, are are we the, like, realizing we're, we're the bad guys? And so you just see that meme applied here a lot, and it just seems like it applies uh, in Canada right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, are, are we the baddies? And you can apply it to a lot of things. But so I say all that to say like that people got trampled by horses today, um, you know, is like, that'd be awful. pretty painful. Yeah. It, it wasn't a lot of people. I mean, it, it sounds, some people were trans, trampled. It, it, it wasn't a lot, but there, 
that, you know, there's scenes of uh, just some different things getting violent uh, interactions with police. And it's like, uh, maybe that will shock enough people though in Canada. Um, you know, my preference would be that those incidents don't happen, but that they have happened. My hope is that it's, it's enough of a wake up call to Canadian citizens to go, this isn't what we want our government to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's ultimately the power does lie with the people. Like, um, even if that's not what your system of government is, the reality is no matter what your system of government is, the people at large outnumber the people who are governing. Uh, and at some point they only have so many batons and so many bullets and whatever. And you hope that it never comes to that. But ultimately the power does lie in the people. And ultimately at any given time, any group of people, they do have exactly, um, the, you know, there's, there's little windows where this doesn't apply, but by and large, particularly, uh, you know, in more democratic societies, you've got the government that you deserve. Like if you don't like the way the government is change, change it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so hopefully it, you know, it, it wakes some people up to, you know, kind of the, you know, what the end game is for, for some of these, uh, you know, left-wing, uh, policies and stuff that they, they voted for. And it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it won't, <laughs> but. Well, Dr. Uh, Strange said we're in the end game now. So. It all connects. It's all, it's all Marvel. So, but Professor X, he's going to, he's going to wake everybody up to, to all of it. That it's all actually the Matrix. And Keanu is like, told you. Look at that. So, um, I have no segue for this, but I thought this story was crazy and we haven't talked about it. So there was a story in, in space news for a couple of weeks there of like, um, so the Falcon nine rockets are, are two stage rockets, right? So you've got the booster. That's what comes back and lands. Then there's a second stage with the fairing on it. That's what carries the payload and places it in orbit or whatever. Um, and so, uh, responsible space fairing companies, countries, whatever, stay mindful of, of their space de- debris, right? So the idea is that anything you're going to put up into orbit, you either want to make sure that you're going to um, safely and responsibly de de orbit, basically, you know, burn it up in the atmosphere, drop it into, uh, to the ocean or put it in, they'll call them parking orbits or whatever, but just put it out where it's not going to cause any issues. Not going to be any big deal. So I was seeing this story or there's the story floating around of uh, like an errant uh, Falcon nine second stage. Uh, was going to actually impact the moon, which is kind of cool, even if it is going to happen. You're like, well, I kind of want to see that. Uh, but it's just funny because we like we feel like we have space so figured out, particularly, you know, like space travel, like obviously not interplanetary or interstellar or whatever, but like rockets and putting stuff in space, we feel like we have a pretty good feel for it. But um, so then come to find out in the last few days, I don't know when this thing's supposed to hit, but uh, like whoever had had done the math on this and kind of figured it out was wrong and shock of all shocks. It's actually like an errant Chinese rocket stage that's going to impact the moon. And so the deal is like, you think they like, we, you feel like we have this tight grasp and we know what's what, but it's just like space is really big and things are really far away. And so it was just somebody like, they're kind of looking at the trajectory of this thing and trying to track things backwards to what could have contributed to this. Maybe they've got some visuals on it that, you know, maybe aren't great because the stuff that is up there is moving really, really fast. It doesn't always feel like that because it's so far away. Um, but even, you know, like I had my son's telescope telescope out and I didn't have the auto tracking turned on. So I, I had it dialed in on the moon uh, a, a couple of weeks ago 
and like you're constantly like hitting it's motorized, but you're constantly hitting the buttons to adjust it because it moves out of view that quick. I mean, Mm. second, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds, you're adjusting it to, to put it, put it back in frame. Uh, but so it's just crazy to me that like the way this stuff goes down is like various, whether it's agencies or independent people or universities or whatever, they're just kind of trying to sleuth this thing backwards of, okay, what launched what, what, when, and what trajectory was it on? Uh, but so there was just something that uh, the initial uh, guy that had done the work on this was off on. So it turns out it's, it's a Chinese rocket stage, but it's going to, I don't know exactly when, um, but it's going to, it's going to impact the moon. So hopefully we, uh, we make the best of it and just, uh, I don't know, maybe there's some science to learn from, from how that goes down. But I mean, I guess uh, nobody's managed to put a base there yet or anything for it to crash into. So, Hey, silver lining, but, uh, yeah china and space it's problematic yeah i know with most things seems problematic <laughs> they they had some big announcements in the la- i don't know like in the last week or two like just some white sheet you know type reports of putting out like here's our roadmap uh for the next you know five years of our of our space program um so it's a little bit like uh watching um for all mankind uh, because they definitely uh, intend to put a base on the moon. I'm like, dude, we better beat them to it. Uh, but also, you know, like they're putting their roadmaps out for rocket development. And there's one that looks, you know, just eerily similar to Starship that, that SpaceX is working on. I'm like, gee, China, where would you get the plans for something like that? Like they, they usually come up with most of their own ideas and don't really copy much of our stuff. Oh, my stuff. gosh. Their, their corporate and government espionage is just... I mean, hey, kudos. Like, you you, you guys are, are good at it, I suppose. So, but I guess... The, so, I, like, I'm looking at a CNET article here. And so, this thing, uh, it's... I, I guess they're estimating it's going to hit the moon on March 4th of, of this year, of 2022. Who knows when you're listening to this. Uh, but it was an... an amateur astronomer that identified this and this is like back in in 2015 so it, it's just crazy what goes into like tracking this stuff I, i'm not going to recap the whole article and how they figured out no this is actually a, a chinese booster that did make much more sense to me though like uh love or hate spacex uh you know they're they're a responsible citizen of of space so there there was some cool announcements out from them uh this week um, of a new uh, program they're launching. So remember we talked about the whole Inspiration4 thing where that guy, Jared Isaacman, Isaacman who owned, founded and owned Shift4 Payments, so he's a billionaire in his own right, like mm-hmm. bought, a fl- bought that flight on a, on a Crew Dragon, on a Falcon 9, and gave away the other three, three seats and did it as a big fundraiser for St. Jude. So now he's doing a new program with them called, I I don't know if this is the name of the whole sequence they're doing or the name of the first flight. They're calling it Polaris Dawn. So he's doing three more flights with SpaceX. Now the first one's going to be towards the end of this year. Um, He's going to be on the flight again. Um, And then the other three people actually work for SpaceX, but one guy used to be a Thunderbird, like a pilot for the Thunderbirds, like the air force demonstration team. Uh, and then two other SpaceX employees, but they're going to do, um, like the highest, uh, the, the farthest or the highest or biggest orbit from earth on that one. They're going to do the first ever commercial spacewalk, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously there's been plenty of governmental spacewalks. This is going to be, 
SpaceX developing and building their own EVA suits and doing a private spacewalk uh, and some other science on this. But this is all going to culminate in um, they're going to fly the first uh, manned starship flight. Hmm. So, of course, there's no date set for that yet. Like these, (coughs) excuse me, these two flights leading up to it will be uh, Crew Dragon flights, but it's all going to be designed to inform what that ultimate flight, that first man flight of starships going to be. So pretty cool. I just feel like of all the things billionaires do with their money, I feel like Jared's good at being a billionaire. Like this is how you spend your billions, dude. Yeah. You could give me one of them. Yeah. Like, Hey, I went to space. It was fun. You know what I want to do? I'm going to go back. Yeah. (laughs) So this is, uh, it's super, it's really, uh, beneficial in a lot of aspects in that he's not like pocketing all the money for all these flights. Like he's splitting the cost with SpaceX. So it's basically they get like a development program leading up to doing manned starship flights, but they don't have to foot the whole bill. He gets to do what he wants to do and advance this science in the way that he wants to. He doesn't have to fit, uh, you know, foot the whole bill, but then also there he's continuing to incorporate fundraising aspects to it so we're going to continue to use it to raise funds for uh saint jude's and children's cancer and all that stuff so it's just a it's a it's a win-win-win it's what it is win so, win wins super super cool I, something new i learned about him like i knew he was a like a really accomplished pilot i knew he had flown with a, a private uh jet demonstration team that toured and did air shows but there's, I can't remember the name of the company, but he, he owns a company that like trains pilots and stuff like that. And they own all these jets. So his company, if what I read is correct, owns like the biggest like private air force of jets in the world. Wow. He, he personally, I can't remember the model, but he personally owns a MIG. I don't even own a personal jet. I, 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 I barely like, I don't know if I could go buy a decent model of a MIG right now. Yeah. I don't even know if I could afford a toy MIG. Yeah, it was, dude. Uh, jets make me think of, um, you know, we normally talk about or more, more in the sense of Jocko go Jocko fuel, but of course that's all a part of the the company origin Maine. And if we've talked about their thing is like we're bringing manufacturing back to Mer- America or whatever. So they made this huge deal this week. The reason it made me think of this is they've owned a, a little plane for a while. I don't know what make or model. Um, that they've used for for hopping around because they've been they obviously founded started in Maine hence Origin Maine but they had bought a a, a big building and were using it for distribution and stuff for for Jocko uh, Go and other things in North Carolina so they've really been expanding um, so they just recently bought a new like they upgraded to a jet not like a Lear jet but still pretty cool to see them like making moves or whatever dude they made a deal this week they bought in North Carolina it's like this hundred and thirty thousand square foot plant it's the biggest jeans manufacturing plant in the country they bought this company out this not not anymore because so much of of gene manufacturing has been sent overseas but at one point one time this plant was putting out sixty thousand pairs of jeans a week wow and uh they bought out not just the plant but bought out the business and are are building it out like they're continuing to do some of the things they were doing there because that company had some some government contracts for some uniforms and stuff like that so they're fulfilling that stuff um but they're they're condensing it and reorganizing the you know the plant and stuff and refitting things and bringing in new machines 
and increasing, uh, you know, their stock and their production output and hiring more Americans and making more things here. And, uh, it's so awesome to see. It's just, it, it, it's so, so hard to do, right? Like it is tough to do, but the, the, the point they're making is it's yes, it's tough, but it's not impossible. Like we used to do this and we can do this again. Like we don't have to be sending all our money and our jobs overseas to have these things that we want. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like if you're, if you're going to go buy a, a pair of origin jeans, no, you're, you're not going to pay what you're going to go buy a pair of jeans at target for that. It's, it's a different price point, but it's also a different product. Like those it's a, it's a better quality. It's a better product. And it's going to last longer. And it's like, ultimately like we've got to start to worry about like what that money does beyond getting us that thing. Like you've got to think beyond the moment of the purchase because that money does go on to impact in other ways and other places and, uh, and other things. And I'm not super, uh, jingoistic and I don't hate all manufacturing elsewhere. Uh, but I, I just feel like we gave up on the idea of like, we can make things and make good things and make quality things in America. Uh, and we gave it up. So things would be a, a little cheaper, sometimes a lot cheaper, but a little cheaper. And I think it was a bad deal. I think we, we didn't think it through. Uh, and I think we got to turn that ship around and origins doing it. It's, it's really cool. And that's a, that's a big move. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what they spent to do that, but uh, it certainly doesn't help uh, having Jacko involved in your uh, your leadership team and decision making processes. That's for sure. Good for them. That's cool. They're also doing. They announced a whole like hunt line, and so like hunt clothing is very specialized. Like it's supposed to be like besides the importance of the camo patterns, um, you know, like the material for the climates that you're going to be hunting in tends to be pretty high tech and being like scent free and stuff like that. So there's a lot of big money. Uh, in like the hunt clothing uh, industry and they're launching their own hunt line um, along with Jocko. And I want to say Cam Haynes, who's uh, like one of the most well-known and accomplished bow hunters uh, in the world. And another guy whose name escapes, is it Cam Haynes or is it John Dudley? They're doing it with either way. They're doing it with one of these big, big names in the hunt world. So it's like they're expanding into, into that space. It's just really cool to see a company like that just just winning over and over again it's not it's not a given it's it's big risk like the money they're investing like in these facilities in north carolina and stuff um you know they're they're putting it out there but uh you know risk risk reward it's just cool i I like seeing it i like following i like seeing that stuff and uh you know and they're they're, they do a great job of like highlighting their employees and stuff like that and the kind of people that are coming back to these jobs and what they're doing and it's the antithesis of now it could be cherry picked, it could be edited, but as much as they post to social media and stuff, just like raw footage from phones and stuff, I, you just you you couldn't fake it. You could, but it'd be it'd be tough and a waste of time. But it's like the antithesis of the TSA employees, right? Like mm-hmm. you can see these people enjoy working there and take pride in their work, and are I, I'm sure they have bad days at work. I'm sure there's mornings the alarms goes off and they're like, oh crap. But I mean, to the extent that one enjoys their work, it just seems like. They, they take a, a lot of pride in it and enjoy working for origin. Definitely seems like they take care of their people. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, we say it, I, I think, I don't know where we say it in our, in our copy or in our footage, but I'm like, I, I really am like proud to be a, like an origin Jocko fuel ambassador. Like it is cool to be some tiny, tiny minuscule part of what they're doing. Right. And, 
you know, whatever. I don't think we're having major impact on their bottom line, but I, I know a lot of people now that like they buy Jocko go or use Jocko supplements now because of our podcast. So it's, it's kind of cool. That's cool. It matters to so, this starfish. Yeah. Well, and Hey, to, to that extent, like I wasn't planning to turn this into a pitcher commercial, but, uh, when this airs on Monday, there will still be plenty of time left in February for the whole month of February. All their Jocko fuel stuff is buy one, get one 50% off. And you can stack that with our 10% discount code. Neat. So the 50% off on the second thing is automatic. And then you enter our, our solid seven promo code, SOLID7, and you get another 10% off of that. So that's the whole. So good time to stock up on Mulk or Jocko Goes, or man, I've really been liking, um, like really feel like I see a, a marked difference in my workouts uh, using their pre-workout. I really Actually, while they're doing their sale, that's I'm buying more, more of the pre-workout. Hmm. Really been happy with it. So, <coughs> but, so support... Uh, Origin Maine, support Jocko Fuel, support the American workforce. Get yourself some. I some wish they would give stuff. you like a, uh, like a, kind of like a sampler of all of like just maybe like a one-time use of all of their mulks. Because I'm like I don't even know what I don't even know which one to get because they have so many flavors. Yeah, it would be cool if you could if you could get them in the packets. I don't think I've had all of the flavors. Um, oh, they're new. Literally, there's newest? an all flavors bundle pack, nine ninety nine. Please hold. I'm trying to click see, into it, but nothing's see, look, happening. You don't have to wish anymore. But I only see vanilla gorilla on the front, but then the text below it says all flavors bundle. I haven't had a flavor yet that I didn't like. Oh, that's weird. So when I hover over all the other products, I can add it to cart or view it. But when I hover over this, that particular one, nothing pops up. Hmm. That's interesting. It might be a stock issue right now. Probably. But. Ideally, then go that route, and then if but the picture yeah. does show vanilla gorilla, so hopefully that is truly like all the flavors, uh, so you can yeah. test them. Despite vanilla being my my all time favorite flavor, I actually haven't tried the vanilla milk yet. But it's because there's such awesome flavors like uh, mint chocolate chip and peanut butter banana or uh, chocolate peanut butter. I did get their new one, uh, like banana bomber. It's good. It's really good. Like with the chocolate peanut butter, like some of each one, mm. uh, is, is really good. And then like, if you've ever taken like, uh, protein supplements before, they tend to come with a bunch of sugar or carbs or whatever to make it more palatable or whatever. And true to form, milk is not it's sweetened with monk fruit so it's not a ton of carbs and stuff with it so you're really getting just a good hit i, I think it's for, per scoop it's like 20 grams of of protein and then there's i think some prebiotic and some probiotic in there to go along with it and stuff so it's it's one of my favorite products they do i i love it that's cool so yeah and again right now buy one get one 50 percent off again wasn't planning an origin commercial in the episode today but it's just so cool seeing a company like that uh, winning and, and making moves. It's why we like being involved or, you know, why we were doing our, our whole pre commercials or whatever for them. Cause it's just something you want to support. Same thing. Like it's so cool to, uh, be involved with and supporting go ruck and being an affiliate for them. Cause it's just so easy to be behind, uh, what they're about and what they're, what they're trying to do. So it's cool stuff. All that. So all that to say, it's on some hit up the affiliate links. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Sounds good. So, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what else I, I got going on. What's up with you, dude? What's up with you, buddy? Um, well, I feel like my allergies are kicking in, so I'm ready to, to hop off here. We got a good hour and a <laughs> half in, and my eyes are starting to itch like crazy. I'm assuming there's a mosquito flying nearby. Uh, drop a like in the comments if uh, your allergies seem to pick up around insects. Dude, I, I, I don't know about insects, but I do feel like it's been hitting a lot of people around here lately. Because like right now it's happened several times where like I'm I'm fine and then all of a sudden like I I start itching, throat starts getting itchy. Uh, suddenly my nose is super stuffy and then I'll see a little mosquito fly right by and I'm like ah, found it. And I don't know if that's in my head, but the coincidence has happened several, several times. So, well, interesting. It's been great talking to you, buddy. Yeah, we should do this again sometime. Eh, maybe we could start a podcast and we could just talk like how we talk. We'll pray about we it. This, I, I do want to, I do want to share this real quick. This is funny. So, uh, I was talking to somebody at work the other day and I'm like, you know, I, I mean to talk to you. Like I was listening the other day, um, to this podcast. I can't remember whose, whose podcast they said they were listening to, but, uh, Dax Shepard was on the podcast. So it wasn't his podcast. It was, he was on this other podcast and, and, uh, she's like, you know, I was listening to him on this podcast and he's got uh, this big part podcast. Aren't, you know, what is his podcast armchair or something or other? Um, but, uh, big, big public contest. She's just like, I mean, like Kale, Kale could do this. Like you've got the voice for this and you know, like the, the way you talk about things, stuff like that. Like, I really think, um, you could do a podcast now. It's like, I just don't hype the podcast at work. Cause again, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. not going to be everybody's bag. They there. hear you and all you, day. They don't need to hear you. You wouldn't, more. you wouldn't want somebody to get bent out of shape about it. So I'm just like, as she's talking about it, making this pitch to me about like, I, you know, you should have a podcast. I'm like, you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny. You should say that. Cause, uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, 45 weeks deep into a, a podcast. Uh, 48, buddy of, technically 49. Buddy of mine. Uh, is, are we on 49? This it's, is episode it all 48 blends. right now. It all blends. So, but, uh, so if, then it was funny. She actually sent me a screenshot. She was listening to an episode today. So I haven't heard feedback yet. So she probably hated it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Hate it. Hate it for you. But we make no promises beyond the seven. That, that said, if you're looking for an eight or a nine, you might be disappointed. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, but uh, for those of you that are that are here that do appreciate the old solid seven, we appreciate you right back. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, do do hit up the the website. Visit us at uh, solid seven podcast.com solid the number seven podcast.com. There you will always find links to our latest episode, links to uh, all of our affiliate stuff, GoRuck and uh, Jocko Fuel and uh, Origin Maine. Uh, and, and some other fun stuff. So you can find links to our social media there and, uh, you can even, uh, find our Patreon there where you can become a monthly supporter where you get a little bit of bonus content. And at the $10 level, you get a better than average coffee mug. You get yourself your own solid seven coffee mug. Of course, all that money helps cover expenses and equipment and things like, uh, you know, when we've traveled to have a guest or having Jocko goes uh, for, for guests when they're in studio with us, all that stuff helps out a little bit, but you know what, what helps out even if you can't do that is just, uh, just tell your friends, click the subscribe button, maybe share the, uh, share the social media posts. What? Give us, give us a little, a little five-star rating. I mean, what what else are you doing with your time? What are you, you going to do? You're going to doom scroll uh, 
Twitter, Instagram, nah. Take that time, go give us a little five star rating. Every every little bit helps, but we appreciate you. We're we're glad you were here, and uh, we hope you'll be here next week. Yes, sir. Have a great life, everyone. And maybe Josh won't be stuffy then. No mosquitoes. I would like to hear how I sound at the beginning of it to now because I feel like I, I can hear my own stuffiness suddenly. I think, yeah, I think it might have deteriorated a little bit. Oh, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> so, but until next week, we love you. Until we die another day. Bye.